This is Triple H 100.1 FM with Ian Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to Rotary Matters. Today we're going to continue our exploration of Rotary, what it is, the good work that it does and how Rotarians and non-Rotarians can get involved. We call the programme Rotary Matters because, as you're going to find out very quickly, Rotary impacts many lives, many causes and many concerns locally and all over the world. Today's main story concerns a Rotary initiative called the National Youth Science Forum. Now, the media keep reminding us, don't they, that Australia faces a shortage of young people willing to pursue study and careers in science, as well as technology, engineering and maths. But to thrive and to survive as a country, uh, we must harness our smarts, exploit our curiosity, open our minds and take nothing for granted. And that's what scientists do. Today, we're going to meet uh, Peter Crawley, who manages the recruitment of students in this area into the National Youth Science Forum, and one of the successful students who attended the 2019 Forum held earlier this year in Brisbane, and her name is Chloe Kneebone. It's a great story, and we're going to hear a bit more about it in a few minutes. But look, if you haven't uh, listened to us before and just want a bit of a refresher about Rotary, let me explain that it's a worldwide organisation set up over 100 years ago uh, to foster the ideal of service as a basis of worthy enterprise. Worldwide, there are 1.2 million Rotary clubs, um, sorry, 1.2 million members and 35,000 Rotary clubs in 220 countries. Here in Australia, there are 30,000 Rotarians and 1,100 clubs and another 270 over in New Zealand. Here in the Triple H catchment area, we've got 10 Rotary clubs, though as the signal goes beyond Hornsby and Coringai, the number is certainly higher. Most clubs meet once a week and they donate their time to a range of very worthy, worthy local, regional and international community service projects. So you're going to find Rotarians fighting disease, providing clean water, sanitation and hygiene, saving mothers and children, supporting education, like the NYSF, growing local economies and promoting peace. Locally, you might see Rotarians gathering, distributing gifts at Christmas to the housebound elderly. Or you might find Rotarians uh, running a fundraising event focused on sending emergency shelter boxes to help communities overseas which have been devastated by natural disaster. You might meet a student here on exchange from overseas, attending a local school and staying with a local family. And another youth-related activity is the National Youth Science Forum. We're going to hear about this in a moment. It's a great story. Uh, but first, just listen to Chris Farlow. Come back to Rotary Matters. Uh, it's Ian Stewart here. It's uh, Friday afternoon. It's Triple H 100.1 FM. And today we're going to take a look at the National Youth Science Forum, what it is, how it's organised, and very importantly, we're going to hear what it's like to have attended the NYSF. Now, so with me in the studio to tell us, tell us about it from the student perspective, we have Chloe Kneebone. Hello, Chloe. Hello, Ian. Thank you for coming. And from the organised perspective, my fellow Rotarian, Peter Crawley. Hi, Ian. Welcome to both of you. Let's begin, Peter, with you. Can you just background us for us a little bit, uh, what NYSF is, what its status is, and, and why, why actually do we need it? Well, it started in 1983 as a, as a, um, a joint uh, venture between Rotary and academics essentially out of the Australian National University. They took 200 uh, candidates in that very first year. The essence of it was that uh, they were looking to provide an experience uh, of interaction between uh, the best science students in the country and one of the best universities. I, I guess there was a sense of possibility of recruitment behind the academic's uh, intent, although it's not declared as such, uh, but nonetheless it was uh, to stimulate an interest in science. So it was pioneered by the tertiary sector, not by industry? 
No. Uh, now there are an amazing set of uh, uh, sponsors and uh, partners from industry, international companies, Australian companies. Uh, Lockheed, for example, is a, is a major sponsor of NYSF program. But it, uh, but it has morphed a lot in that uh, 30-odd years, 30, 40 years. Uh, and now it's a, a self-running organisation. It has uh, its own separate board. Um, it's... Has so it's, it's a non-for-profit? Yes, um, yep. it's a not-for-profit. It runs out of Canberra, but it's, it's, it is its own organisation. It's not owned by ANU, although it's uh, highly associated with it. Um, there's a chair, independent chair. Um, there are academics, there are Rotary members uh, and uh, uh, business people who make up the board. Okay, so it uh, started as an initiative more of the yes. tertiary sector, but it's now got the status of a not-for-profit foundation. It does. Um, with with uh, it, proper governance. But it still has essentially the same goal, to provide an experience uh, immersing uh, talented young people in a science experience. Uh, however, it, uh, it does also have uh, uh, the hope of um, encouraging better teaching of science. So there are programs for teachers, there are programs for middle school students to uh, start their journey with their interest in science. And there's also a program of international experience of uh, those who graduated from the MYSF program to go over to either England uh, or to America. Uh, MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, for example, uh, uh, have scholarships of students to attend uh, um, their, their programs there. So... Um, where, where is it conducted, this forum? There are two programs running out of ANU in Canberra and one out of the University of Queensland. You mean two, one after the other? Yes. Not concurrent? Consecutive? No, uh, yes. Um, there are th- three weeks. Uh, and they last program. a week each? No, two weeks uh, each. And uh, the, the programs uh, um, run... So the two programs in Canberra, one after another, and another one in uh, uh, University of Queensland just before school starts. Okay. So um, this then would take place in February each year, is that right? Uh, January and fe- Gen- February. January and February. They have to get in before uh, school starts. So the one in Queensland hits a little bit close to the start of uh, school term, and some students are a little bit resistant because often these students are leaders in their school, and schools have before-school leadership camps and programs running, and some of the schools get a little bit conflicted about attending the Queensland program uh, because it's uh, it's a little bit of butting the very beginning of the school year. But okay, so thank you for that bit of background. As I said earlier on, we've got with us in the studio this afternoon um, Chloe Kneeburn, who attended an NYSF this year. Chloe, which, where did you go? So I attended session B, which was in Queensland at UQ, University of Queensland. So that's in Brisbane? Yeah. Okay. And um, how, many other, how many fellows did you have? Um, so on session B with me, there were probably about 200-odd people as well as the 20 student staff, and that's just my session alone. So there's the three other sessions, as Peter mentioned, which each have 200 students at them. And where did your fellows come from? All across Australia. Um, just some of the people I'm friends with, really. Uh, I've got a cow farmer from rural Victoria. <laughs> I've currently visiting me is a... Um, mate from Canoundra in uh, mid-New South Wales. Um, and this is someone you met? Yes, the, they're the all people I met at the forum. Really good friends with them all. Um, Kalgoorlie Boulder, they've got a friend from, and now just friends from all across Australia. But, I mean, every state sends people into MISF. Peter, that's a lovely outcome, really. I mean, we're going to talk in a moment about, in a moment about what they actually do in the forum, but 
to hear that they've made these connections and developed friendships. Ian, the history of MYSF is that the linkages continue on, in many cases, through their whole careers. Um, a lot of the, the alumni of MYSF speak uh, about uh, the networks it opens up for future careers, the way they stay in touch uh, through their, their university studies, often through their doctoral studies, uh, their postdoctoral studies and their career. So it is a, it is a, a linkage and a network that is pretty valuable. Is anybody formally tracking this? I mean, um, this is a fab- play, pay certainly do some of this tracking, but um, look, there'd be a very interesting little research paper in looking at the advantages that uh, the students gain by attendance at the program. I would think so too. I mean, people in the Federal Department of Education or the Federal Department of Science should should be informed about all of this. Look, we sometimes think the old boy network's a terribly evil thing, mm. but uh, let's rename it and call it networking. Mm. Um, and networking is something that we encourage people to do, to, to form associations, to form linkages. And here we are, uh, we, we're providing this through an academic uh, beginning point, but uh, the enthusiasm that they start with at NYSF, they're really able to lever through their careers. So we're talking about the National Youth Science Forum. This is Rotary Matters. We've had a bit of the background. In a moment, I'm going to be asking Chloe to tell us in more detail what she did uh, throughout the week. Triple H 100.1 FM, it's Rotary Matters. My name's Ian Stewart. With me in the studio this afternoon, Peter Crawley, and uh, a student who attended this year's National Youth Science Forum in Brisbane, Chloe Kneebone. Chloe, tell us, please, um, some of the things you did and some some of the experiences you had on the forum. Absolutely. So I really, what I loved about NYSF, it was a really good balance of social activities and kind of science-related activities. So on the science-related side, you know, what we're all there for. Um, there was a lot of, I was in a chemistry-based group, so there was a lot of general things and chemistry-based things. On the chemistry-based things, we got to do things like see the um, PACE pharmacy centres at UQ, go around there, learn a bit about what a pharmacy degree looks like, which is really helpful when you're like year 12 students wanting to go into university and that was a degree a lot of people were interested in. So but, you're on campus? Yeah, we're on university campus Queensland. at UQ. And so you go to the pharmacy yeah. department, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we also spent a lot of time at Griffith University um, doing some lab tests there. We did tests with water. But some of the more um, amazing ones for me were the just kind of general science lecture type things. So my favourite lecture absolutely of the whole time, it was called thinking about the box. So not just thinking outside the box or thinking inside the box, thinking about how we think. And it was kind of uh, very psychological, which I'm really interested in, which... Um, often I don't get the school. My school doesn't offer any psychology. So I found that really interesting. And it was kind of posing questions like how we see patterns and uh, encouraging us. For example, there was an example they gave us um, where it was some people were asked to um, ha- they, to prove the fa- they, was, they got told the statement, um, firefighters are better if they're brave. And a second group of people got the statement, firefighters are better if they're cautious and they had 15 minutes to think about that and provide reasons for why that statement would be true and then both groups independently got told that statement's actually untrue there's no correlation between fires bravery or cautiousness between how good a firefighter there is but obviously you can kind of think of some reasons in your head why either of those statements might be true but then they asked the same participants months later what they believed and because they had to reason within themselves just for half an hour one time that one of these statements might be true they still held that belief so it was these kind of psychological studies that I found absolutely really amazing and this was just one lecture from one university lecturer and it really brought an interest in science for me. And where uh, was there any exposure at all to industry? Uh, there was a lot of exposure to industry in 
the most obvious front, we had something called NYSF Partners Day where just a whole lot of science groups, uh, including Lockheed Martin or like CSL Sugar, came and talked to us about why they sponsor NYSF and what they kind of do. But um, on a smaller scale, like, for example, we went one day, it was called Outreach, to a local library and botanical garden section and just how they engage with the community about STEM and get them to experience the garden and the library there and how they bring STEM in a more subtle way and engage children and school-aged children but also parents and families with science on a real day-to-day level. So it's quite broad-ranging. Oh, absolutely so. Uh, Chloe, did you come across any of the science lecturers that you sensed uh, their enthusiasm was infectious? Oh, hugely so. We had this one absolutely amazing. It was a Skype call with the Large Hadron Collider over in Europe. Oh, really? And there was an American (laughs) physicist there. He was so passionate about what... And look, I don't do physics at school. A lot of it went over my head, but you could see his passion about what he did, that he was so interested in it, so happy to share it with these students. And, oh, absolutely infectious, that kind of passion. I'm really interested to know how soon it'll be before a school somewhere in the world has one of these uh, particle colliders in their <laughs> yes. <own> school. Run <laughs> it around the oval and see what happens. Uh, I think it's time we got on with it. But um, what, uh, how did you find the other students who were involved in the program? The friends I made at NYSF were really what made the program for so, so special for me. One of the main reasons I actually applied to NYSF was I was kind of worried that when I started high school, I knew one girl who was coming to my high school from my primary school and I very much stayed close friends with her because I knew her. So I was worried going to university that I wouldn't know anyone. So I wanted to put myself in a situation where I didn't know anyone, where I had to make friends, where I had to put myself out there. And NYSF was absolutely showed to me that I can make friends because it was just this group of like-minded people who were all bubbly kind of 17-year-olds from all across Australia, but it wasn't our differences that united us. We were all there with a passion and we were all loud and having so much fun together. Even though we were different, we were so together. Was it exciting to discover there are so many people actually like you versus uh, perhaps at school where you sometimes think, gosh, there aren't that many people as enthusiastic about this. as Well, I'm one of those annoying people in class who asks questions all the time. And sometimes you can see when I'm asking questions in chemistry, people roll their eyes like, oh, Chloe's back at it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at NYSF, you know, everyone had that passion and I was going, wow, like it's not not just me that's like this. I have to say, I can still remember at school loving those kids because they always ask the questions I, I was too shy to ask. But, uh, so don't, don't be too worried about those kids rolling their eyes. So <laughs> as well as the um, daytime activities, mm. was there a social dimension to this as well? Yeah, hugely so. So the activities, we were mainly in two groups, our floor groups or our interest groups. Kind of, there was very much a getting to know you focus. So even for the first few days, there was not much STEM because it was really getting to know. So there was kind of NYSF Olympics where we played uh, mini ball games kind of with each other t- competitively or a trivia night which was a fast paced kind of shouting out science answers type thing. There was an NYSF disco where we all went and bought costumes and came to the disco and danced together. So it was as much as there was science, it was really social as well. Let me ask you Chloe, a sort of a tiger father question. Um, <laughs> do you think this has helped you academically? Um, well, if, on 
the most literal front. I had one chemistry assignment where I literally had to text a friend. I was going, we did this on NYSF. Do you still have the booklet that we used? Because <laughs> it was uh, oh, something like wastewater treatment or along those lines. And we did it at Griffith University. And I was like, perfect. Like, I have this information. But on a more wider level, it's really reminded me that why I'm doing science, why I love science, why I'm doing the subjects that I do, that I have a passion to work hard and it's not just the four modules of things that I do in chemistry that so chemistry a, is about. So that's almost a maturity answer you're giving. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that I yeah got a love of science from yes. NYSF. And so you're thinking about where this will take you? Yes, uh, you're coming up to your final year. I know, scary. In final, my final term. Year, final final term, term. At Skeggs mm. in Sydney. And um, the sort of university education that you might be contemplating? Oh, I've never been sure. I've never been a person who's decisive. When I was age six, I wanted to be a ballerina. I tried <laughs> ballet lessons and it failed dismally. <laughs> Ever since then, I've had no real idea of what I wanted to do. But from NYSF, I think I realised that I wanted to do something at least in part science-related. So at school, I study four-unit maths, chemistry, ancient history, modern history and English. So I'm quite divided between the mm. STEM half and humanities, particularly history. So I realised, especially at NYSF, that not many people who are interested in STEM are also so heavily interested in humanities. So I'd really like to pursue something at university that can combine STEM and humanities like that. So maybe science law, if I get into a law degree, or engineering arts, if that's what I'm wanting to do. And can you do that as one degree, or is that a double They're degree? Double degrees, a double degree. Yeah. And here in Sydney, there are places offering those? Yeah. So I, that I know of, definitely UNSW and UCID both offer those kind of double degrees. But, you know, I haven't had a, too much of a look into it. It's a bit scary, <laughs> really, trying to think about it. Peter, I don't think Claire's going to have the slightest difficulty. No, I think you'll recover from your ballet scarring fairly quickly, actually. I, I, I'd put it behind you yes. pretty quickly yeah, if I was yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Listeners, you should know that uh, we, Peter and I first met, uh, sorry, Peter met Claire some while ago, but I first met Claire a few months ago when she came to speak at our Rotary Club meeting. And um, uh, it was, came as no surprise that Claire uh, champions debating at her school <laughs> and, and does it very well. And I think from what she's been saying this afternoon, her, uh, her confidence um, as a speaker is, is self-evident. Self Chloe, tell us about some of the, uh, the individuals, the personalities you met while you were there. Um, wow, so many. <laughs> um, one of my friends, Rachel, as I mentioned earlier, is a cow farmer. She's this tiny little girl um, from regional Victoria. Most ochre Australian accent ever that you'd ever imagine. When you hear her speak, you just kind of go, shh, whoo, and you almost don't expect it coming out of her. She came to the Easter show this year and I visited her because I was so excited to see her again after NYSF and her passion for cows. I have never <laughs> seen anyone so passionate. She was so excited. When we were on session, someone came to talk to us that was inventor of a cow clippy ear thing oh i have no idea what it is i have no idea what it does she almost jumped out of her seat just going i use them on my cows yeah. <laughs> the kind of just absolutely everyone that i met on nysf was so passionate about some form of science it originally intimidated me at the interviews for nysf that everyone seemed to know what they wanted and had some area of science that they were massively passionate about and could talk for hours about. And they're kind of, you could start a conversation with anyone being about what's your passion and they could talk for hours about it.
<laughs> I might uh, say my memory of Chloe at the interviews was that she was one of the leading uh, candidates right from the very beginning. So this sense of intimidation <laughs> that she says she was experienced that day is, is a lovely form of modesty, but uh, certainly disconnected from certain realities. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so, Peter, what is the process for people who want to apply? They uh, fill out an application on the website for the NYSF website. Uh, it's fairly simple. Um, they pay the application form, uh, which is just to, to get you going. Uh, it's a few dollars to get going. And then uh, they attend a selection process, which uh, this year is coming up on the 3rd of August uh, at Knox Grammar. And uh, this year we have about 50-odd candidates uh, uh, who have applied for this during... In, this is the south, uh, sorry, north of Sydney region that uh, I look after. Uh, after that, uh, uh, we do the selection from that... Uh, and then there is an orientation evening in October of this year to prepare them for the experience of NYSF in, in January. The orientation is attended by some of the lead students from the previous year and they give them handy hints on, on how to prepare, what to take, what not to take, how to dress, how not to dress, um, you know, what are the expectations, etc., to get them into the psychology of NYSF. Can I recommend Chloe? Yes. <laughs> I don't know whether Chloe is, is going to be involved in any further... So, interestingly, I was asked to be a student staff leader, which was absolutely amazing, but I'm going on a gap year next year, so I'm going to be working in English boarding school, so I had to cut my NYSF involvement. I tell you, I was so devastated. I was crying before my English exam. But is this you know a ballet what? school, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no. God, I'd be hopeless there. <laughs> yeah, just an English primary school in Salisbury. Very oh, exciting. Oh, very nice. Very stylish. Yes. So, Peter, applications are sought. Um, uh, they come to you, they're screened. They, the, the applications can be filled out from the early part of uh, any any academic year. Yes. Uh, they close usually the 30th or uh, uh, so of May um, and uh, in any given year. And uh, then the process of selecting the students begins uh, and that takes place. It's usually that process is usually completed around September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then the process, as I say, the orientation day from October, etc., to prepare them for the camp in the next January. And the way it goes again in the next cycle. Right, okay. So it's org, is it, or .com? Oh, look, I just put MYSF into <laughs> Google, and Google takes care of all the little trivial bits. So. Right, right, so. right, right. I tell you, it's funny, though. Some of my friends had it crazily different um, enrolment experiences to me. I have one friend who was from, I think, Armadale, who had to sit, like, several standardised science tests just to get into NYSF, their rotary was really kind of intense about it and it was kind of the culture in a lot of uh, country regions is that there's no way I'd be accepted into a science forum like NYSF, which is so different from Sydney where it's like I may as well give it a crack because I like science too. So it's amazing how that kind of varies across Look, I guess when uh, when I, I, I do the selection of the students, I'm looking for students who will uh, enjoy and get something significant from the experience. It's a, it's a group experience, so I'm looking for young people who will contribute to the enjoyable experience of each other uh, because it would be a little bit pointless to send someone down there who was just looking for a personally selfish experience because the benefit, as Chloe quite rightly says, is, the, is, the is largely the people you meet. You meet. Yeah. And so... Uh, we, we want interesting people to go down there mm-hmm. uh, to, to take all their interests and their foibles down mm-hmm. there and to share them and be willing to, to connect with others. So it's, in a sense, it's obviously interesting science, but it's also a personality that is going to benefit mm. from a group experience. Um, some experiences you do all by yourself. You can sit in a library all by yourself, mm. and uh, uh, any personality can do that. But uh, in this case, it's a group one, so... Yeah. 
And what does it cost, Peter, to take part? It's $4,000 overall, but um, the, most students are, um, apply to a Rotary Club, and mm-hmm. Rotary Clubs around Australia contribute between generally 50% of the costs and right. some fully funded. So we last year had a very significant number of Rotary Clubs that fully funded it, uh, but um, 50% is probably pretty common. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it helps defray the cost significantly. And beyond NYSF locally, is there an international NYSF? Well, not quite NYSF internationally, but there is a program to, as I say, to source this type of uh, experience at universities in England and also in the United States. And they are, they are certainly, I think, much sought after mm-hmm. by the students who go. They're a little expensive, again, um, but usually the students who are selected for those usually start to put themselves out for a bit of crowdfunding and to see, see if they can find... Uh, you know, one, one student that I, I remember uh, ran an awful lot of sausage sizzles. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess the scientific issue behind that was where do you put the onions? Right. And that, that helped oh, uh, oh, raise oh. the money. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> and the STEM Explorer program, does this tie in at all with... Um, Look, they're all just part of the NYSF oh, organisation. Okay. Yeah, the, the NYSF has has been constantly thinking about what it can do to broaden its its appeal and its interests. So, working with middle school students, working with teachers, working with the traditional group of Year Eleven, Year Twelve students are all part of the the mission statement of NYSF. Okay, so if you just joined us, listeners, this is Rotary Matters. We're talking with Peter Crawley and Chloe Kneeburn about the National Youth Science Forum, a.k.a. NYSF. And I'm just uh, blown away by the, the, the breadth of the experience that the students undergo um, and what it can lead to and the um, opportunities, Peter mentioned a moment ago, to mix and mingle and meet other people from, from around the country. And it's been going, you said, 30 years, I think, Peter. Uh, so there must, be, there's a, must be a big uh, body of alumni who have been through this. Well, it's about a 600 a year now go through yeah. the program, so it really is building a, a, a very significant network of significant uh, uh, academics and uh, within this country. Triple H 100.1 FM, it's Rotary Matters, it's Ian Stewart. My guests in the studio this afternoon have been Peter Crawley and Chloe Kneeburn. We've been learning about an amazing program for uh, young people. It's called National Youth Science Forum. Chloe attended this year in Brisbane. Peter has been responsible in this region for convening the the gathering and selecting the students. Um, for more information, nysf. Oh, look, forget all the dots. Just nysf into Google. It hits it every time. Okay. As, as we were saying off-air, listeners, this is a program that, that should be much better recognised, more widely recognised. And over the last 30 years, there would be thousands of, of graduates who've come through this and for whom this week's experience has quite likely influenced the, the career direction that they took, perhaps helped them choose a tertiary course or, or maybe join uh, and get a job in industry. As well, a even more than that, um, there's an NYSF alumni page and recently two people posted from... Uh, NYSF session in the 90s that they just got married together when they met each other on session. So, not even just science. (laughs) And Ian, the very first uh, student I sent on an NYSF program has recently graduated with uh, her doctorate from MIT in the US. So, um, it is a program that uh, just keeps on giving the most wonderful end results. Well, as a community, um, I'd like to thank you both very much indeed. Peter, for your role in, in convening all of this and helping me this afternoon. And Chloe, congratulations on what you did. And uh, we wish you 
every success with your in the next stage of your career um, the course you might choose to study and perhaps the way that NYSF has influenced that, that selection so well done to you thank you very much for coming thank you so much for having me